welcome. This is a message from Victory Church. We trust you'll be inspired and encouraged by today's message. So how are you doing? You good? I love these nights. Baptismal nights for me are very, very exciting because I get to see family and friends and members of our church just go through the waters of a baptism, being obedient, and uh, obviously we get to meet family and friends who we'd never normally otherwise meet, and uh, I just want you to relax tonight, and uh, I just want to share very quickly really why your family members and your friends are going through the waters of baptism, and I want to present in, in the simplest possible way the gospel, the story of why Jesus Christ came to planet Earth. And Jesus, what you've got to understand about Jesus, and you can find this out for yourself if you read the gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, you'll see that Jesus was a phenomenal storyteller. In actual fact, I think it's the prerequisite of every father. If you're going to have kids, you better be a good storyteller. I have three children. Actually, I don't. We, along with my wife, we have three children. Can't do it by myself. Uh, we have three incredible kids. Jordan, our oldest, she's 15. Mitchie, our one and only son, he's 13. He, he, he's, just, he's full of it. He, his name, Mitchell, means like God. So, so he, not only is he like God, but he's also like Jesus because he's my one and only son. So he's just... And he feels a bit like Holy Spirit because he's here, there, and he's everywhere. He's just like omnipresent. He's just everywhere. And so Mitchie, he's 13. And then our youngest, uh, she turned seven today. Her name's Bailey. We affectionately call her BJ. And uh, can I just answer the question? Yes, she was planned. <laughs> Whenever you have a gap with kids, it's like, oh, are they planned? It's funny, I, I see it all the time. I introduce my family. This is Jordan, this is Mitchell, this is Bailey. It's like, Jordan, Mitchell, Bailey. And you can see the look on the face. It's like, oh, was she planned? It's like, I'm, I'm inviting you into my world, into my family, and it's the first, I can see it, the look change. It's like, oh. And you can see husband and wife going, you ask him. No, why don't you ask? You ask. So I'm just going to tell you all, Bailey was planned. But she almost never arrived because we were enjoying normality after having kids. Kids, is, kids can be tough. And so we had two kids quite close together and, uh, you know, it was busy. It was hectic. And we thought, hey, we, we, we want three, but just not yet. If we have three right now, it might kill us. Or we might kill one of them. I don't know. And so we decided to hold off on having number three. And the weeks went by, the months went by, the years went by, and the gap got bigger and bigger and bigger. And then we got them out of nappies and we got them to school. Oh, this is great. This is fun. We got our lives back. And, and then there's niggling and gnawing. Do we want number three? And Kath said something so profound. She just said, you know what? If, if we don't have number three, we might regret that. But if we do, we'll never regret it. And so we had number three and <coughs> Kath was right. We've never regretted it. And she turned seven today. And, uh, you know, I think back to when they were a little bit younger, and even now for, jo uh, for BJ, she loves Dad telling her stories. And, and I, I can tell, I tell her Bible stories, I, 
I tell her stories uh, of my growing up and our upbringing. And then I make up some stories. I talk about a beautiful little girl with long blonde hair and big blue eyes. And she was a princess. And you can see BJ's like, I think he's talking about me. And I start speaking over her life and some of the things that she'll become. And, and I learned that through reading the, the Bible because Jesus was a great storyteller. And he told stories to connect people. Because Jesus had seen incredible things. And, and sometimes, I don't know if you've ever been in those moments where it's really hard to explain some things. And sometimes you've got to dumb down the things you've seen in order for somebody to understand it. And essentially, that's what Jesus did. He talked a lot about heaven. Having been there himself, he's trying to explain heaven, but it, it, how, do you, how do you really describe it? And so a, a lot of the stories Jesus told are truth, but they're dumbed down truth so that we have some possible opportunity of understanding what he was trying to say. And so tonight, I'm not here to tell you a story so much as show you a story on screen. This is a true story. What you're about to see on screen um, actually took place back in 1937. The man in the story, his name is John Griffith, and his son, his name was Greg, and he was eight years old. And while this is not the actual event that you're about to see, what you're about to see is very much a true story. And I think it's an incredible story that depicts something of what Jesus Christ did for us in coming to planet Earth. So I'm going to ask you to turn your attention to the screen. If you've got some popcorn, now would be a great time to get it out. And it goes for five minutes. And I'll just share off the back of that a little bit. And then we'll get all those who have been baptized up here on stage. And we'll just celebrate with them. How does that sound? So are we ready to get the back there? If we can have the lights out and the screens up, that'd be great. Take a look at this. You know, I've seen that so many times. But being a dad myself, particularly on this day, our youngest daughter's seventh birthday, it really touches my heart. I think for a moment, if I was that man, and it was my daughter, BJ, playing around, having fun, I know firsthand the joy it is watching your own kids playing. There's something so precious about kids because they're not bogged down or weighed down by all the things that we get weighed down by. I mean, everyone in this room would know that we, there was a big day yesterday, the election. My seven-year-old daughter, she didn't even know it happened. Some of us have lost sleep, got in arguments because of the political preferences that we've adopted. But BJ, she just played all day yesterday. She had a birthday party. She went bowling. She got lots and lots of presents. Not a care in the world. 
And to think about this little girl and to be faced with what that man was faced with. And anyone who's got children in this room will have some idea of what I'm talking about. And so I can't just watch that and say, oh, yeah, that's okay. I don't have the luxury to say, no, you know, the quality wasn't that good, and it wasn't. Nothing on YouTube ever is. We like to have a high standard in this church, and so whenever we use YouTube uh, footage, we always, you know, add ends, thinking, oh, we're going to drop the quality. But uh, you know what? Quality aside, there's an incredible message to what we saw take place. And the amazing thing about this story, inverted commas, it's not a story. It's a historical, documented fact. This actually took place. John Griffith, on one particular summer's day in 1937, was faced with an incredible choice. Whether he would sacrifice his eight-year-old son, Greg, and save the oncoming train or say to heck with the train and all the people on it and spare his son. If you want to know something of what the gospel looks like, that's a great picture. John chapter 3, verse 16. I mean, it's probably the most famous portions of Scripture even non-Christians know John 3.16. I mean, you'll see many, many sporting events. Some guy will be holding a banner up with John 3.16. I've even watched the Simpsons episode where John 3.16 was in it. It's everywhere. It's like the one verse that many people are familiar with. And if there was only one verse to know in the Bible, it's not a bad one to know. And it simply says this, For God so loved the world. You see, like the train in this story, this world is full of all sorts of people. Rich people, poor people, black people, white people, all sorts of cultures and nationalities. You've got the tall ones, you've got the short ones. You've got those with brown eyes and blue eyes. All sorts of people. And this is what the Bible says about all those sorts of people. God loves them. You might look in the mirror and say, I'm too fat. But that fat little person that you're looking at and making judgment upon, God says, I love you. You may look in your bank account and say, I don't have enough money. And God says, you know, that aside, I love you. You may be addicted to certain substances right here, right now. And God says, that, that may be your reality. But you know what? Here's a greater reality. I love you. This is the gospel that God so loves you. 
We have a hard time comprehending that. I don't know what it is about human nature, but this I know. You try and encourage someone. You try and compliment someone. Oh, if you say something negative, people latch onto that. But you say something positive and people say, no. If I say, lose some weight, you're overweight. They say, I know, I know. We gobble that up. But if I said to someone, man, you look amazing today. Have you lost weight? You look incredible. No, 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 I don't. What is that? I'm going to put you to the test right now. Turn to the person next to you and say something nice about them. Go on, I dare you. Just say, look at them and say something nice. Listen to that laughter. Look at the smiles. Oh my goodness me, the world would be a better place if we just spoke kind words over one another. If I said say something negative, it could be World War III breakout. But no, something positive and we're laughing, we're relaxing. Some of you would have felt a little bit awkward. I'm a little bit hurt. No one said anything over me. Nobody. Nobody. I turned around and I turned around to see Fiona. No, they're talking amongst themselves. Nothing. <laughs> Nothing. So I just looked at myself. I said, Tony, that's that's a great jacket. I said, Tony, even the back of your head looks awesome. Some might say it looks even. <laughs> oh. I said, Tony, have you been working out? <laughs> so. Welcome to church. <laughs> God, I love the world. You know, I'm glad I was raised in a home to think highly of yourself. I want our kids to grow up with a confidence. Because this I know, life can knock some of that out of you. I don't need to knock that out of you. Life has a great job of doing that. I remember before I ever lifted up a weight, my dad had grabbed my puny little arm and said, man, you're so strong. I don't know that I was. But you don't need people putting you down. It's not the gospel. The gospel is God loves you. He thinks you're awesome. Here's Christianity 101. This is, you want to know what Christianity is in a nutshell? It says, you matter to God. You matter so much. That's, that's the gospel. You matter to Him. You may not matter to the woman that birthed you, your biological mother, because she abandoned you. You, you may not bother to her, but you matter to God. And you're not an accident. You are here by God's purpose and design. Life is not random. Life is not chance. I believe in a creator. I believe that your very existence, there is a God who said, let it be, and you were. You're not an accident. 
You may not have been planned by your mum or your dad. You may have been abandoned by your mum or your dad. But the whole time, God has been watching you. And He's saying, I love you. You matter to me. Your story counts. And God wants to turn your mess into a message. Because you matter to Him. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son. Like the Father in this story that we saw on the screen, God sacrificed His Son for many. He was willing to lay down his one and only begotten Son for you and I. You might say, well, why would He do that? Well, just like this train in that story, they were all heading for disaster. The reason Jesus laid down His life for us is because all of us were on a road to disaster. Some people say, I don't believe in hell. That's fine. And we have ideas of what hell is, flames and places that are hot and torment and all the rest of it. But essentially, this is hell. It's where God is not. And all of us, because of our sin, were on this road to a place where God is not. And God created us for a relationship with Him. See, Christianity is not a religion. It's not a list of rules and regulations about what you have to do or what you must not do. That's not Christianity. You don't have to get your hair cut. You don't have to get rid of your tattoos or cover them up and be ashamed. That's not Christianity. It's not about uh, stopping swearing. That's not Christianity. It's not about not smoking. Many people say that, you know, that they're not Christians, but all they, all they really, you know, they don't smoke anymore, but all they really mean is they don't smoke in public. They do it when no one's watching. It's not Christianity. If you're not a Christian in this place, and I trust there are many out there today. You are absolutely welcome as you are right here, right now, because Jesus Christ died for you. You're welcome. And we're not going to put a heavy on you tonight. You've got to do this and you've got to do that and you've got to do the other thing. I'm here to just simply say that you matter to God and you matter so much that He was willing to intervene and to stop us going somewhere where we really don't want to go. And He definitely does not want us to go there. For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son that whosoever believes in Him 
would not perish, but have eternal life. You know the amazing thing about this little story we saw? Was on that train there were many people. And there was a father that laid down his life for their safety. And most people on the train didn't even acknowledge it. And to this day, wouldn't even know it actually happened. And they just got on with their life. God loved the world. He loves you so much. He laid down the life of His Son. And unfortunately, many people have just ignored that fact. People often ask me, because I'm a pastor, they'll say, if God is real, and God is a God of love, why do bad things happen? And I don't mean to be disrespectful because I realise it's, it's a very thought out question in people's minds and I want to show the question the respect it deserves. So I don't mean to be dismissive. But for me, the answer to that question is simple. The reason so many bad things happen in a world where there is a God of love you've got to catch this, is because we ignore Him. Because we ignore Him. God loves us so much. He set some boundaries in place. I know for myself, we love our kids and we've given them some advice. I mean, every good father or mother knows this. Kids, please stay away from the oven. It's, it's been on I know the dinner's out, but it's cooling down. It's still very hot. Please don't touch it. Can you imagine me as a loving father saying, please don't touch it? And they go off and do my own thing. And, and let's just say Mitch, because I don't know what it is about boys. Boys seem to push the boundaries more. Than, I don't know what that is. And I, can I just say this? If you haven't had a son, you're not a real parent. Anyway, <laughs> I'm joking joking. It's a joke. But I don't know what it is about boys. I don't know what it is about boys. If there's a ladder in the room, the girls will stay away from it. The boys will be at the top of it. I don't, what is that? Anyway. And can you imagine Mitchie touches the very thing I've told him not to and he comes back, says, if you love me, I wouldn't be burnt. What? I loved you enough to tell you not to do that. That's what's happening in our world today. God says, I love you so much. I've written down a few of my thoughts in the Word of God. And we ignore it. We think the Bible is a book for old people. It's irrelevant. And the world's been hurt as a result of ignoring Him. I mentioned before that Christianity is a relationship. And a relationship for it to work takes two. For any relationship to work, it's not enough for one just to love. That love has to be reciprocated. I'm just going to bore our precious members who've been around for a while when I tell this story. But for all those who've never heard this story, it's worth telling. When I was in grade four, there was a young girl that I, I, I just had a crush on. Her name was? Meredith Shearer. Yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> Say it with a bit more enthusiasm, please. I mean, 
I'm bearing my soul here. Show a bit of respect. I mean, come on. Meredith Shearer. One day I'm going to meet her. And show... Hi, Meredith. How are you doing? And I, I did have a crush on her. And, 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 you know, when any boy has a crush on a girl in the class, you want to sit next to her. And, and I, I got to sit next to her one term. I'll never forget it. I got to sit next to her one term. And it, it didn't seem how much I liked her. It didn't seem how much I gave her and shared. I mean, anything she wanted. I think, I think you know, I've twigged since. I think she was using me. Can I have this? Can I have that? Can I, I just gave her everything. But here's the thing. That little relationship never took off because she didn't feel the same way about me as I did about her. And all my love, as much as an eight-year-old kid can muster at that age, all my thoughts and affections for her, it wasn't enough to change her. All my sacrifices, you know, if she wanted a pencil, it was hers. If she wanted that little eraser, it's yours. I mean, after that term, I had nothing else to give away. I gave my all. You'd think she'd be grateful. You'd think she would have just reciprocated the love. But no, never happened. Because the relationship takes two. I started by saying, God so loved you. And yet, you don't feel like that. And yet, so many bad things happen. It's because we're not returning that love. There's a God in heaven. He knows you by name. He loves you dearly. He knows you intimately. And he desires to have a relationship with you. That's Christianity. And it's out of that relationship, we begin to change. Not because it's legalistically imposed upon us. Not too long ago, I introduced the love of my life, my wife. And we've been married for 21 years, dated for eight years before that. Next year, on March the 17th, 2004, we've been together for 30 years. And, and I just feel like I'm just getting to know this girl. She, I, God has made women so intricate. I'm just like, who is this woman? Every year, like, wow. I've never slept with another woman. And I've never felt I've missed out. I never forget this man on the front row telling me this story. This is an aside now. He was a diesel mechanic at the time, from memory. And he made a stand as a Christian not to sleep around until he got married. He was going to save himself for the woman that he married. And, and, and men being men in a diesel mechanic place just kept poking and prodding and poking and prodding. So I never forget this story. And one day, Paul either under the unction and divine inspiration of the Holy Spirit, or maybe just he was sheer, had enough. I don't know. Both. He said, okay, I will sleep around. 
and I will lose my virginity before I'm married. And I'd love to do it with your daughter. And the guy was like, never bothered him again. Isn't that awesome? Isn't that awesome? That's just so awesome. When you're in a relationship and that relationship deepens, you end up wanting to change because you love the person you're with so much. This woman has changed me. I'm not the same guy I used to be. And that's not a complaint. She's made me a better person. I'm a better person for being married to her. And I'm a better person for following Jesus. Yes, there's some things I don't do. But it hasn't been legalistically imposed upon me. It's come out of a love relationship. And whether it's a love relationship with my wife that has caused some change, or whether it's a love relationship with my creator that's caused some change, it's made me a better me. I, I haven't slept around I haven't slept with any other woman other than this one on the front row. I'm pointing to you. <laughs> but I don't feel I've messed out. In actual fact, I feel that God has protected me. I feel like I've been able to give my kids something as a result of that. That I wouldn't have been able to give otherwise if I'd just done my own thing. Oh, he'll change you. But maybe I have a love relationship, not legalistic rules and regulations. This is the power of a relationship and that's what Christianity is. It's a relationship. This is the end of the message. Thank you for taking the time to listen and God bless.